Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Greetings, everyone. This is Hugh Ballou back for another episode of the Nonprofit Exchange. We have guests each week. Some are working with nonprofits. Some are experts in different fields. Some are in the trenches leading nonprofit initiatives and have stories to tell about their work. Today, we have uh, a longtime friend and colleague, uh, Lynn Sanders, who's an expert among many things of, with language. And the theme of what, we're, what she's gonna share with you today is creating your story because your story is the important part of connecting with others who really wanna help you. So we need to help them know how to help you. So there's lots of reasons to have a good story and we know that you're creating lots of value already. So let's, let's, let's talk to Lynn about how we're gonna let people know about that value. And Lynn is a multiple award-winning author and a book creator, and she helps nonprofit leaders and business leaders create their story. So what we're talking about today, Lynn, our topic is creating your story, raising awareness and attracting support. But before we talk about that, I want people to know who's Lynn Sanders. So give us a little bit of background about you and then tell us why are you doing this work? What is your passion? Terrific. Thank you, Hugh. And thank you all for listening. As Hugh mentioned, I call myself the story guide because I've learned how to help people create their story from start to finish so they can get results, whether that be in more support financially or in volunteers or even just raising awareness and getting more followers online. Um, my story actually begins with learning to value myself and helping others value themselves. And I can go into a little bit of that right now, Hugh, or just go into the, my credentials, whichever you'd prefer. Just talk about you and then we'll dig into some of that stuff. Okay. However, however so, you want. This is far as my credentials. I'd say my credentials professionally as a storyteller begins in uh, at a commercial music company where I was asked to write live trade shows for Fortune 500 companies coming up with a positioning statement, a marketing focus for every show that would entice and, and capture people's interest while they're walking by at a trade show. So I wrote for Johnson Johnson, Keebler, Reynolds Aluminum, Haynes, and I came up with a positioning statement that marketed their products and services and kept people watching a live, entertaining, interactive show and got them interested in the company's products. From there, I also went on and wrote commercials for radio and TV. My claim to fame was the WGN TV Lyrics, Chicago's very own Channel 9 that ran for a long time with the famous star Lou Rawls singing. And then from there, I went and became my own freelance writer. I had my own company, Park Avenue Productions, which morphed into Park Avenue Marketing and eventually Difference Makers Media. And I help clients, both corporate clients, nonprofits, and business entrepreneurs in telling their story, whether it be for brochures, articles, videos, even speeches, newsletters, all types of writing. And I won awards along the way. And I also, I think, help nonprofits and 
corporate you know, business owners recognize their value because many times I found that people didn't realize how important their story was in engaging with audiences and getting people to recognize how unique and special that company was so that they want to do, to do business with them. Um, and one of my, my favorite um, you know, accomplishments was for a nonprofit in, um, on the west side of Chicago where they were having a fundraiser on Mother's Day and I was asked to create a video for them in three days because they only had a little bit of time. And I was able to do that with one day of writing, one day of shooting the video, one day of editing. And it became very, very um, successful in helping them raise lots of money. And ultimately, they, they got a $100,000 award from our mayor for a story that I got published in the Sunday Chicago Tribune. Wow. Wow. So um, we created a, a web page for this interview. You can go to the nonprofit exchange and click on the Difference Makers Media episode, which is today's date. Um, and you can find um, multiple episodes on the Nonprofit Exchange and the podcast, wherever you get podcasts with the same name, the Nonprofit Exchange. And Lynn Sanders is, is a colleague. We've actually worked with some of the same nonprofits and they, they brag about how you've helped them um, get, get a grip on what was in their head and be able to put it on paper. And that, you know, sometimes we're so close to it, it's really hard to define what we're doing. And it, so it helps to have an external uh, advisor, sounding board, like expert like yourself. And even as we were, um, I, I thank Lynn for coming in the last minute. We've talked about you being on the show, but we hadn't put it on the calendar. And I called you yesterday, said I had a cancellation and you graciously said, oh, I can do this. So I know a lot about your work. I don't know everything about your work, but I do know that you, um, and I put it on the, on the website, you won a 2017 Conservation Author of the Year for right. raising a, environmental awareness with your book. Is that Dancing with Text? Yes, that is Dancing with Text, The Remarkable Friendship to Save the Whooping Cranes. Now that's a, a children's book. Is that right? So, you think it, adults can learn from a children's book? Oh, definitely. Def <laughs> we all can. You know, that book was a hidden story that was told to me off camera. I, I was the video co-producer and scriptwriter on a video that Amica was producing at the International Crane Foundation. And it's not a truck company, it's not those kind of cranes, it's the world's only sanctuary for all 15 species of cranes. They're endangered species. And so Amico wanted to share with their international marketing managers how they were doing good in the world and donating to this organization. So I was interviewing Amico executives and the co-founder, George Archibald, about his organization. And then off camera, George told me this story that I just at first couldn't believe. And he said, you know, years ago, I was friends with this bird, a rare whooping crane, and we danced together. So I said, sure, right, right. But he sounded so earnest that I, I realized he must be telling me the truth. He said, you know, this bird's brain was imprinted on a zookeeper. And that means she thought that she was a person because she was raised by a zookeeper. And as a result, she didn't want to hang around any other birds, just people. And so George realized that if she identified with people, perhaps she would allow him to be her dance partner because all cranes do a mating dance before they lay eggs. So he brought this bird named Tex 
over to his sanctuary and he ended up dancing with her on and off for a period of six years until finally Tex laid a fertile egg with, with the help of scientists, of course, giving her, I call them special shots. And then the, uh, that little chick ended up having more chicks and more chicks so that that work, that one friendship ended up helping save the whooping cranes from extinction. And I thought it was such an amazing story that, and most people didn't know about it, that I thought that deserves to be in a children's book because more children need to be inspired and empowered that they make a difference too. And you have another one too, we'll talk about in a minute, but um, so storytelling, and we've, we've had people, I spent a couple of years talk about writing and writing a story and being able to communicate effectively. And, you know, 32 years of working with nonprofits, one topic always comes up as a problem, always comes up and it's communications, mostly internal, but external. Um, they don't know we exist in the world because probably because we don't tell them and probably because we're busy doing, we don't spend time writing about it. And when we do, hmm, we're not doing very good. So why is storytelling so important and, and, defining the impact of your organization and building impact with your network? That's such a good question, Hugh. You're right. Most people are busy doing the work and not going out and sharing what they do. So when you tell a story, you really, you connect with people from the heart, not the head. People are not going to remember your credentials. You may not remember that I, you know, wrote the lyrics for WGN TV, but you would remember perhaps a story about George and Tex. So because storytelling connects us from the heart, it also makes you more memorable. It builds trust and credibility because really there's no one like you. And because there's no one like you and you're unique, it, this will, your story will make you stand out in the marketplace. There's lots of nonprofits out there, but what do you do that's unique? That's what people want to find out about. And that's what they'll remember. Absolutely. That's well stated. Now, your website is differencemakersmedia.com. Differencemakersmedia.com. I love the title. You know, we, we're in the business of making a difference in nonprofit. You're in a business of helping uh, leaders make a difference by telling people what they're actually doing. We just kind of keep it a secret, not by intent. In, and it's hard to think, we can all write, but it's hard to think that we need somebody to help us with it, but we do. We really need to get outside of our brain and have somebody else help us think through the issues. So do you have an example of a story that you helped somebody create and what impact that it's helped uh, provide for that, that organization? Yes, I have many stories. I'm gonna just share one or two with you. Um, I happen to really love making a story come alive, whether it's through a book or a video or an article, because I feel that it gives an impression that lives on. And I wanna just add one more thing before I read this story to you. Most of us are not aware that we are living beyond the physical realm. And I'm a spiritual person, that, but I want you to realize that we all have a vibration. That's what makes our soul alive. And every word, and every thought, every action we do carries that vibration. So when you put words together that are powerful and inspirational, empowering, you are touching people at the soul level. And therefore you're getting them more interested in you and bringing, bringing them to take action. 
So I'm very aware of the words I use. And there's even online, um, there's a site where you can go to that will measure your SEO, your search engine optimization of your titles, because certain words will draw more people to you. So I'm going to just share with you a little bit of uh, a story that I wrote in a children's book called Social Justice, How You Can Make a Difference. This was published by Capstone Press. I don't own the book. I basically gave away the rights. I just wrote the book. But it's a great book because it not only helps children learn how to create their own nonprofit, but it shares different stories of youth who have created their own nonprofits to make a difference. And I don't think there's any other book quite like this. So I'm going to read, I did a lot of research. I'm going to read one of the, um, the opening part of a story about a 12-year-old boy who's now an adult and going on to continue making a big difference in the world. As 12-year-old Craig Kielberger reached for the newspaper comics, he had no idea his life was about to change. Instead of the comics, Craig's eyes fell on the picture of 12-year-old Iqbal Masi. At the age of four, Iqbal had been sold into slavery in Pakistan. He was for forced to work 12 hours a day, tying small knots and carpets at a factory. Iqbal could not go out to play or go to school. If the child workers even spoke to each other, the guards would hit them. The children would be beaten or hung upside down if they became sick or talked back. When Iqbal was 10, he escaped and began telling people about child slavery. But leaders in the carpet industry didn't like him telling people about the secret. As he became well-known, Iqbal started to receive death threats. But he refused to stop spreading his message. At the age of 12, Iqbal was killed. No one is sure who shot Iqbal. Many people believe the leaders of the carpet industry had him killed because he spoke out. Craig realized Iqbal's life was very different from his own, but they were the same age. Craig wondered how many other kids were forced to live like Iqbal, and he wondered if a boy in Canada could do anything to help other kids halfway around the world. And I'll stop right there, there's one more page, but basically, Craig, as a 12-year-old, went to his school, got his teachers, the principal, and other students interested to go and make a difference, and he created a nonprofit called Free the Children that's still going strong. And I, you know, I went through more details. But it just shows you age has nothing to do with it. It really, really comes down to your dream. What do you want to do to make a difference? And how dedicated are you and persevering to make it happen? There's a couple of folks watching on the, the webinar here that we'll let them ask questions in a few minutes, but they they work with youth initiatives. Um, so um, Legacy International and um, Philanthropy Kids. Um, so we'll let them, uh, I'm sure they're pleased to hear your passion for in equipping, empowering our younger generations because uh, people like to say, oh, it's the future of our country. Well, it's the current, <laughs> the current leadership of our country, we give them a chance. Uh, you know, one time I taught middle school and sixth graders, I, I had a, to a whole version of a musical called Godspell. And people said, well, how did you do that? It's hard. And I said, well, I never told them it was hard. <laughs> and they just kind of rose to the, the musical level. And um, so, so, um, so what are, I want to point out before I forget here, differencemakersmedia.com, if you go there, 
there's a under your lovely picture there's a big red stripe it says get your strategic story guide tips special offers and more so that's generous of you anybody can go there so difference makers media now they'll be on your list and they can get off if they want but they can hear from you about special things that that you offer and special events and i know lynn is a person that, that delivers lots of value so um legacy internet just a rash put his link in there which i will share with you later but what are two of the important elements that your story needs like vulnerability credibility you know what are what are some of the important things that stories need the different components well first you mentioned the two elements right there i was putting that as a little hint so every good story needs okay needs vulnerability and that means you have to be willing to be open and honest about who you are and people will sense that when you're vulnerable then people are actually more willing to be vulnerable with you they want to connect with you because they see you're so open and credibility is the breakthrough part of your story it's your credibility is the success that you've achieved for other people so they can believe that they that you'll be successful for them you know we're selling an intangible if you think about it you know selling making a difference means someone has to believe that you have made a difference for others and you will make a difference for them and when people donate to nonprofits they have to feel that their money is going towards a good cause and you are making a difference in fact I changed my company name, as I mentioned earlier, from Park Avenue Productions, where I used to be on Park Avenue, and I felt like it was a glamorous sounding name, and it, it, it was, but it, it ended up feeling like it wasn't the right fit for me because of my story, which I'm happy to share with you, and, and that's when I decided I needed to change my title, my name, to Difference Makers Media, because I want to help difference makers, visionary leaders, especially nonprofits or business entrepreneurs make a bigger difference through their story. And most people never realize how powerful your story can be in changing lives. Wow. Wow. So this, you're a story guide. So you help people craft their stories. Is that right? That is correct. And, um, I'd love to hear a little bit of my story. What I found is really challenging is how do you condense your story? to make it really impactful in a short way. Because yeah. I'm sure many of you, you know, if you're asked to tell your story, nine times out of 10, people will start with their credentials and you don't remember the facts. You remember the story, the beginning, middle and ending. So I wanna give you four different points to remember in crafting your story right now. And this is in my free story strategy guide. So I certainly recommend getting it and you'll learn from that. I'm going to give you the four components first, and then I'm going to fill in with my story so you can identify how it all fits together, like a puzzle. So the first part of your story, the journey of who you became, starts with a call, a call to action. That's your trigger. From that first component, we're going to go into the pit. And the pit is the worst thing that happened, but also became the turning point, the pivot that set you into a search. So we've got call, the pit, the search, and that search is your search for meaning after you've gone through a very, very negative experience. And ultimately that search leads to the breakthrough. Those are the four parts. So 
when you tell your story, I'm going to give you one more tip. You want to speak in the present tense. I know Hugh always says the people, but you do that with your story because your story is who you are. That's your story is everything. It's not how many boxes you have in the closet or, you know, how many numbers you've made in this month. So my story starts at age 11 when my mother tells me that it's not important for girls to have a bat mitzvah. It's more important for boys. She didn't mean anything by it, but that meant a lot to me with, and I didn't even realize it at the time. I was only 11, but a bat mitzvah represents a passage of time from being a child to an adult and taking on the adult responsibilities of healing the world and doing good in the world. So those words created a different story in my mind that I wasn't good enough because it wasn't important enough for girls to have a bat mitzvah. So I set on a path that I had to prove myself. I, have, I had to become an overachiever to show that I was good enough and I excelled both at school and at work. And ultimately, I, as you heard a moment ago, I went from being in a commercial music company to having my own business. And then suddenly I got a call, a call that no one would probably ever want to get it. 11.30 at night, my brother says, mom had a heart attack and it doesn't look good. And then 30 minutes later, a second call came and he said, she's gone. And I have to tell you, I get the goosebumps right now. I felt like my own heart was being pulled out and I felt like I was literally falling into a bottomless pit where I could not find my way out. My mother had always been my best friend, my foundation, the dearest love of my life. And even though I'm married and have two wonderful boys, my mom was always a very important part of my life. So I went from being you know, happy in what I did and writing all kinds of work to literally feeling like I couldn't go on and I also learned that your emotional mental state affects the physical. And because of being so grief stricken, my back gave out. I had three slip discs. I could barely walk. And I didn't really know if I wanted to keep on living. It was that bad. So I researched all different healers. I found an energy healer. And that man said, I think I can help you heal. And actually over a period of months, he did. My disc went back into alignment. And... He asked me an important question, which is, do you want to live? And I, at the time, said, well, I think so. I wasn't sure. And he said, how would your mother want you to live? And then I realized it would be important for me to live fully, not just kind of go through life and being down all the time. So I decided I was going to make a difference. And I started doing all kinds of work with nonprofits and helping them get six-figure donations, doubling their memberships through videos and writing and articles and publicity, and feeling really good about myself. But part of the time, I still was feeling like there was a lack. I actually went and had an adult B'nai Mitzvah to claim my value, that I was good enough to do have the service. And ultimately, I felt I was given a test. And um, I had just finished creating a patient safety video called Things You Should Know Before Entering the Hospital, which won a national award. And the essence of that video was that if you are feeling ill, you need to have an advocate by your side in a hospital because you don't think clearly when you're sick. Well, shortly after I created that video, I myself got ill. I was misdiagnosed at a hospital. I was at an airport the next day planning to fly from Denver to Chicago in extreme pain 
And all I could remember was take the little white pills. That's what they told me at the emergency room. I didn't remember they, that they said, if you don't feel better, come back. And I was planning to board a plane from Denver to Chicago in extreme pain. And I felt like I got help from the other side because the flight was canceled three times at the gate. And by that time, I knew I couldn't board. And I just called out to my husband, I can't make it. And I was rushed by ambulance to the hospital and found out I had a ruptured appendix. Oh my. So if I had gone on the plane, I was told I wouldn't have made it. And my mother actually came to me in a dream in the hospital. And to me, this represents the breakthrough. And she sang a beautiful song that was made up. But the opening words I found out later were from the Bible. And it was, this is the day that God hath made. And actually in the morning, the, the nurse that came in said, rise and shine, it's a beautiful day. And my mother used to always say that to me in Chicago. So the fact that she told me this is a day was a major, major turning point for me because I realized we only have so much time on earth. We need to spend our time wisely. We need to focus on what's most important to us. And that's when I decided I had to change my company name, Difference Makers Media. And I've been very passionate, as you can see, to help Difference Makers shine a light on what they're doing so they can build their impact. Because we only have so much time. Let's make the most of it. Yes, yes. I'm on the, um, I, I can see the questions. I, folks that are watching, if you want to raise a hand, if you have a question, we'll bring you in in a, in a few minutes. So the part you said earlier about vulnerability, um, that's a really good leadership trait. And um, Brene Brown writes about vulnerability. Um, one of the conductors, the teachers of conductors, um, wrote a book um, and talks about you have to be vulnerable on the podium to be able to, to produce good music, to be an effective conductor. So there's this vulnerability thing. And I do find some leaders to say, <clears throat> I don't want to talk about that. It sounds like bragging, or I don't feel comfortable tooting my own horn. Um, so what do you say to people that, that they shy away from, this is an essential communication that we must have with people uh, because we're the leader and we've created, we've, with our, our tribe, our, our foundation, our nonprofit, our synagogue, our church, our mosque, we've really had impact on humans, human lives. That's a story that's worth telling. So how do you overcome, it, they might hide behind the veil of being shy, but how do you overcome that reluctance to want to share the goodness of what's happened in their, in their work? That's a very good thought there. Hugh, I think if people are focused on the benefits they provide others, they won't be as shy. So if I, you know, tell you, I, you know, facts, I helped the nonprofit achieve a six-figure donation from a mayor, the benefit was that they were able then to continue their program to help ex-offenders transition positively back into the environment and get jobs that made a difference in people's lives. So if you think from the perspective of benefits, then you're not bragging because you're telling the good that you're doing and you're giving your credentials out so more people will believe in what you do. And that's important. They have to believe in you in order to contribute to you. Hmm. hmm. Um, so I'm looking at my list of things that I wanted to be sure that we talked about today. Um, so you're working with 
entrepreneurs. And we entrepreneurs, whether we're running a social benefit organization like a, a church or a synagogue or a charity, a local charity or a foundation or a membership organization, we're basically entrepreneurs. We're not working in a big corporate setting. So there are certain challenges in working with people like us. You know, we we're, we got this shiny object syndrome. We're not linear. We got a thought a minute. And, you know, how? what's the biggest challenge you've had in, in, in working with uh, nonprofits to get their story together? What are some of the biggest challenges? And is it because of what? Why was it a challenge? I think many, both entrepreneurs and nonprofit leaders don't recognize that the problems they solve are really a story. So we're, we're kind of deep in the trenches doing the work. And just like George Archibald didn't really think much of the idea that he danced with this bird and he helped her lay an egg. He didn't realize that he was solving a problem that became a really interesting story. Um, so I would say that the one of the challenges is that people don't recognize that from the problem, comes a solution that becomes a story. And the story provides benefits to your audience that they can use then to make a bigger difference. Um, so um, let me do a sponsor moment here and then um, we'll open up for a few questions. Is that okay with you? Sure. We have some um, really good people watching and I'm sure they have some very good questions for you. Um, and three of them are uh, experienced funding professionals and understand the, um, the importance, um, Ariel says, thank you, Lynn, um, the importance of getting it right. So I'm, I'm going to talk about um, one of our sponsors creates a virtual card for business or nonprofit leaders. And this is the virtual card for CenterVision. It's called an EZ card, letter E, letter Z, because it's EZ. And I can send a text out and Lynn, you've seen the other side of this because you're on one of the cards here. And so they have the people that have signed up by sending a text to me, have um, access to everything I want them to. This is sort of like a mini website people have in their hand. So it's a communication tool and I have one set up for board members, I have one set up for volunteers and I have one set up for people that are in different online programs. So um, it's a really good tool for any, any leader to have for their enterprise, especially for nonprofit leaders, because this thing about internal communications is real. Everybody talks about it, nobody does anything about it. But if, if uh, you're listening and you wanna see our EC card, send a text to, to the number 64600. Yes, it's five digits, 64600. And in the message, just three letters, L, D-R. It's really short for leader, L-D-R. And then on the, you'll find forum discussions, discussions. And one of our people watching today was on the, they're making a comment today. Um, we have uh, the leadership podcast, which is 31 days to becoming a better leader. And there's things in there you never thought were part of leadership. Um, and so the nonprofit exchange is where we are today. And look at here, here's, here's Difference Makers Media. We're on today. If I clicked on there, you'd see the video of us watching us in the video. So, um, and then the the online community is just a very important initiative that I I am all about. So you can join the community with this, and then you'll get a an easy card for the particular community. So, um, Lynn, part of the journey 
you and I are on together is in the community. Um, and actually the exercises we're going through, if you don't mind sharing, um, Center Vision has this private community for leaders. And um, it's not only nonprofit leaders, like you're demonstrating, it's people that work with nonprofit leaders or are thought leaders like yourself. So we're going through the steps of, you know, what's the problem you solve? Why do you exist, basically? What's the impact? Your so we're going through all those steps. Are those important components to be able to think about creating the story about your organization to share with funders? Sure. I mean, every, what I was going to say is that, you know, everything you do matters. And I love what you're doing in the nonprofit core group because you're pulling all the pieces together that people need to know to make an impact. And you just asked me also a question a moment ago. I was thinking still more about it. Why don't people get more of their stories out? Beyond the fact that I think they don't realize all the good stories that are happening, I think that many times people don't want to delegate. They feel like they have to do everything themselves. The good thing about being in your group is that everyone's coming to this group from different perspectives and we all help each other. And an important part of being successful is collaboration. So I'm building my team, learning through your group, and all the people listening here, whether you're an entrepreneur or a nonprofit leader, it doesn't matter. We have to work together. There's the old saying, team is, means together, everyone achieves more. And it's really true because everyone has a different knowledge base and a different perspective. So when you gather people together, and that also means outsourcing where, you're, where you don't know everything, you can build your impact. And I love what you're doing right now too. Well, thank you. If people wanna know about the community, you can go to nonprofitleadership.online and um, you can see what it's like. And our, our theme for this group, um, it was startup last time, our theme for this group is how do we build collaborations? Because 2020 is a different animal and 2020 is gonna be a challenge. So I'm, um, I've, I've, I've opened this space for people to talk and I see there's two microphones open. One of them, you were talking about books and I usually show this book because it's except one time I didn't have it near me. Um, this is a book about philanthropy and uh, on the cover of this book is a, uh, a youth right there, Amit Banerjee, who started very young and turned out to be a really powerful leader. And now he's teaching other leaders under the uh, tutorage of Bob Hopkins, who's here. Bob, do you have a comment or a question for our guest today? Well, I love, 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 love what you do. And I'd love to see this book. And you're so spot on, you're singing to my heart. Uh, this book of philanthropy misunderstood is all about stories. It's stories that people talk about how they got involved in nonprofit work and what they did and the passion it involves. And, you know, when people read this book, they go, you know what? These are just such great stories. Uh, everybody needs to hear these stories. And um, I think that's kind of what you're saying, uh, basically, Lynn, is that everybody needs to hear stories in order to get a sense of who they're talking to. Exactly. You know, the other thing, reason, Bob, I think it's really, really important that everyone put out positive stories is we are affected by the negative media that's out there. And anything that we read or hear does affect us at the soul level. That's why I mentioned the, the personal story of my getting physically, um, you know, upset and, and having uh, three slip discs from being mentally so troubled. 
So by you sending out positive stories through your books, you're basically sending out positive vibrations that will help people in a very powerful way. It's, I, I compare it to making a soup. You know, you don't want to put so much salt in the soup that you can't eat the soup. You want to have something to dilute it to make it taste good. So I, I commend you. And I would also recommend you consider making some of those stories into videos because more people are watching videos now than they're reading. So the video right. and book could go hand in hand. You just and hit a home are. run there. <laughs> and we are, absolutely. And we are. So thank you for saying that. Let me just tell you one real quick thing, story. Um, I teach college and I teach my students how to tell stories. And um, when you introduce yourself, you start, start with the story. Anyway, this one student said, Mr. Hopkins, I don't know if you remember me or not, but um, I had you three years ago. And I just wanted to tell you a story. I interviewed for a job yesterday and I got it. And you know why? He said, because I told a story about my interest in this company and they were so involved in my story, they said at the end of it, you're hired. Wonderful. That's great. I know. It. I know. It's, it was great for me to hear that. Bob That's always great. has such great things to add. Thank you, Bob. Okay. Um, we have uh, AJ Gooden. Bob is in Dallas, Texas. So uh, is it, you got you mentioned Tex, the, the bird. Um, yes. It was so, from Texas by the way, from the San Antonio Zoo. That's why she was named Tex. I love it. So um, out in San Diego, uh, somebody you, you know already, AJ Goodwin is on. You've opened your mic, AJ. Did you have a question or a comment for our guest? Uh, yes. Um, thank you, Lynn. You know, you, you really bring things into perspective as I've gone and told the story to thousands and hundreds of thousands of people with our legacy of music, literary, and art of Paul Lloyd Warner. And one thing that it, it brings me back to is that you were just saying is um, I, I even uh, remember Mark Victor Hansen, who I've seen online and in person shook his hands, his Chicken Soup for the Soul series, which has become a mega award winner through the world of all the great stories and the different areas that really touch the hearts of people. And that's the, the level that I like to play at, where it wins my heart to share with others and I really like that you help craft and you help pull that out of us as difference makers. And I, I look forward to collaborating and seeing how we can you know, create these stories together that have been. Disappeared, oh, thank you, AJ. Yes, I look forward to collaborating too. In fact, um, as an aside, one of the people who wrote in Chicken Soup for the Soul is Halise Bridges, who I'm going to be introducing to you very soon. And Halise started an organization that I think would be of relevance to everyone listening. Originally it was called Difference Makers International, and now it's called Blue Ribbons Worldwide, blueribbons.org. And she is focused on the power of honoring 1 billion people this year through a Blue Ribbon ceremony. And her book, her story is in the Chicken Soup for the Soul, but I'm going to be interviewing her on Friday so that more people can learn how they can take what they're doing and honor those people who they care about and love so that they can go and spread that positive message of caring and loving and honoring each other to make it a better world. Love it. Love it. Um, actually, you already introduced me and we've responded already. So um, you may not know this, Lynn, but my fourth book is called Transforming Power. And it's not a how-to book. It's a book of stories of transformations by transformational leaders. And 
Um, AJ, there's an endorsement by Mike Fichter Hansen, Jack Hanfield on the back, Bob Proctor. Um, so there, there were some people that, that I caught at CEO Space and said, hey, would you endorse my book? So that's important, but, but they were stories of transformation. So there was a common theme with the book. So even, even that far back, it's not, it's not as fancy as Bob's book, but it, it made number two on the Amazon list uh, with a modest promotion. So I was, I was pleased with that. And like you, I gave it away. The Methodist Publishing House had it. Um, so let's go to, um, we got one more mic open. So uh, thank you, Bob and, and AJ. Uh, Sky Houston, a world traveler. He's in California traveling the country, but he's um, mobile today. Sky, where are you coming in from? Hello, everyone. I'm uh, uh, proud to say that uh, I'm coming in from Los Angeles, California right now. Yeah. So um, do you have, and Sky is one of the, uh, Bob and Jeffrey, and you met Jeffrey earlier today, Lynn, on the call we had earlier. Um, Bob and Jeffrey and Sky are all professional funding uh, funding people, for, especially for nonprofits. So, Sky, do you have any comments or questions for our guest? Sure, I have one quote. People will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. Beautiful. Maya Angelou. And this goes hand in hand with alignment. This is my screensaver. This is on my background of every device that I have. And this correlates with everything that, you know, Lynn is facilitating our discussion today because it's just not facts and it's just not your credentials. It's not what you did or how you did it. In the end, you know, what are you going to be remembered for? We talk about, you know, fundraising and aligning all of the metrics, but those metrics are just a means to an end. And that end is your story, whether it be an individual, whether it be an organization. Paul Lloyd Warner, my brother from another mother, AJ, you know, I was able to spend, you know, two weeks with them in person, day by day, reorganizing it so AJ, AJ can be empowered to transition into a CEO that he is internally, that we all know. He just has to flesh out and get in to a system, and that system is going to lead step-by-step, step, day by day. He has a vision board that I helped him set up. You know, these are things that you keep in front of you. Why? Because all of us forget, you know, what happened yesterday, but if we don't have that vision of who we really are, how we make them feel, AJ is a great example and I've seen it with many nonprofit organizations that all the steps and everything they do is exposing, is bringing out and fleshing out the details and capturing the audience of how you make them feel. And that's uh, love it, love it. Thank you, Sky. So um, thank you all. I'm gonna put them back in the listening mode. So you wanna, you wanna comment on what Sky said? Yes, it's so true. I mean, we remember how people made us feel or make us feel, and that's why they, we want to be around them. So when you can project stories that make people feel good, they're going to want to be around you. It's just as simple as that. Um, and I, I love also the Margaret Mead quote about never doubt that 
a group of small group of committed people can change the world because that's that's really what happens. You don't need to have a hundred or a thousand people behind you. Of course, that's great if you do. But if you're committed to your vision and your dream, you can make it happen. You can pull the team together and make a change in the world and transform lives. I'm really glad that you're there for for um, AJ Sky because I can tell that you're a great team together. And we saw that vision board on our call earlier and also the storyboard for, for planning. So uh, Sky left an impact, uh, you know, that's what leaders do. We, we leave, uh, we, we have impact on people's lives. So um, thank you, Bob and Sky and AJ for, for your comments and your, your uh, sharing. So um, do you wanna share another story? Um, a, a story that's crafted well, we got about uh, 10, uh, 10 minutes here. Do you wanna share a story? Of course. So I'm trying to think, which one should I pick for you? Um, so I think I'm going to just share from my heart. This is, I mean, I have, I have books here. I mean, I have the Dancing with Textbook. I could do a little, whatever you think. Hugh, show, that, you? show that book. Show that book. Okay. So this is, this is a good story to share. Dancing with Text, The Remarkable Friendship to Save the Whooping Cranes. Um, this book represents a 20-year journey. Now, I did not work on it constantly for 20 years but I call it my journey of having faith, belief, and perseverance in my dreams. And we all have a dream. And maybe some of you listening have a book in your heart and you're gonna think, well, someday I'll get that book out there. But you know, there's no day of the week called someday. There's Sunday, but not someday. So um, this book started as an idea when I, you may have heard earlier that I was interviewing George Archibald Crane Foundation. And I decided I wanted to write a children's book, but I hadn't written a children's book before, but it was still my dream to do so. So I started working on this project. Meanwhile, I got invited to write another book, the social justice book, which was done you know, and published by another publisher. The book um, story actually got accepted by a traditional publisher and they ran out of funding. They had had me sign an agreement. So I was you know, feeling badly about it, but I thought, okay, I'm gonna keep trying. And I did send the story out to many different publishers. It didn't get published. So I put it away in a file. And basically I got nudged forward because my younger son told me, why don't you just forget that story and move, move on? And I realized that each of us have a dream and we have to decide, are we willing to go after that dream? And I decided my older son was at that time doing a crowdfunding project on a kayaking trip that he was taking with his best friend. And I thought, well, if my son can do crowdfunding, why don't I do that? Because I needed money to pay for the illustrator and for formatting. So I went ahead on my dream. And um, you know, it took me a while to get it all done. And I went through a journey. I picked an illustrator who wasn't the right fit. I had to stop that illustrator and find someone else. And even in the middle of this journey, you won't believe this, but the biggest, uh, another really big obstacle happened. And it was unexpected, but that my wonderful son who had told me to, you know, put this book aside, he was 25 at the time and he got a stroke. And I had to, you know, stop and go to the hospital. But when we got home, I knew I could still keep working on this book. I didn't have to drop my dream. And he recovered, he got much better. He, he lives with us and he's doing very well. In the meantime, I got the book published. It got to become a bestseller. 
Uh, I did a crowdfunding video. So if any of you want to get a copy of my crowdfunding videos, let me know. And the Illinois Conservation Foundation found out about it, read the book, and they got they gave me an honor of being their 2017 Conservation Author of the Year for the story. But the big picture is that we all need to have faith, belief, and perseverance. For George, it took him six years to dance with text to lay a fertile egg. For me, it was a 20-year journey, but I finally got it done, and now I'm ready to get out more stories. That's an inspiration. Um, um, let me, there's, we had uh, Mr. Rash from Virginia down the road here, had, had some internet problems. He's back, and he had a uh, uh, Mr. Rash. So I, I'd like to, we don't deal in politics or religion, but it's, it's fascinating that we have uh, Christian, Muslim, and Jew talking about elements of faith and how we, we have a common God. So um, I, I rejoice in that. So, um, so Mr. Rash, what, you have a comment or question? Yes, for sir. Guy? Yeah, you're good. You well, sound yeah, good. First of, all, first of all, you've got two Jews here. So <laughs> my yeah. my grandmother my grandmother and my grandfather on both sides were heavily Jewish. Anyway, so thank you, Lynn, for being here today, and I really appreciate. It. I'm sorry I have to rush. It, I had a strange day. It was my I'll tell my story very quickly. I had to spend my my birthday at the dentist, and then uh, and then with the internet guys, and then on another uh, on another call, and then this. So it's a full day. Uh, my question is this, and I, I actually just signed up for your on your site, um, and we can discuss this some other time. But you know, my organization works around the world, Legacy International, and we have we do many things. We do entrepreneurial training. We do tech women. We do women's empowerment. We do we do uh, public health work, and so we have many stories. Mm -hmm. And so the question is, how do you tell many stories? Uh, around a, a, a single mission. Our mission is basically universal values uh, and empowerment of people through their own cultural and values and social values. And we do very specific types of training in, in many fields. If you look at our website, which I put up, you'd see. So we have many stories uh, from, each, uh, from each rubric, but, uh, and if you just tell your mission story, it really doesn't it really doesn't convey. And the other thing is, I've always believed that the best story about you is told by other people. So all the people we've served for 40 years. Right. So in answering your question, you have good questions. There's two different, I'd say two different ways around that. One is you can create a series of videos, short videos. You know, people don't have long attention spans. Um, so exactly. you know, so you may want to consider that and breaking down, you mentioned the different categories of the way that you empower people. Just like Chicken Soup for the Soul has different editions, you may want to have different videos that focus on the different aspects of the good that you do in the world. Um, another way of, of making it short and sweet is doing a montage. So you could, it won't be going into depth, but you can do a little bit of all the different good things that you're doing into one video, almost, I'm thinking almost like a preview trailer. Like when you go see a movie, you get to see the previews. Um, I, I did some, a series of videos for Alexian Brothers Healthcare System, and they started out with an idea of two videos, which grew into four and then five videos after our meeting, because they had different audiences they wanted to address. And so we ended up doing 
different videos with some yeah. scenes. I hope that helps you. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's of course. Yeah, and we, we do videos. And yeah, and you're right. People's attention span is very, very small. But and then, of course, we try to tweak it to the interest of the person we're working on. One of previous person on the on Cinevision on this on this podcast was a was a gentleman who was a philanthropist who talked about, you know, if people don't take the time to know what I'm interested in, I'm not interested in them, basically, is what he was saying. So we also like to tweak things. But yes, it's very helpful, and I and I and you know perhaps we can talk uh, further on this at another time. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ahmed. I understand there's a birthday happening. Is that that happen to be yours? Yes, it happens to be mine. Don't ask me any questions, and don't do any math. <laughs> I was. <laughs> well, I'm sure I'm older. Uh, all right, thank you for that. For the oh, question. you're not older than I am. No, you're not. You're younger than I am. Okay. Okay. All righty. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're my, you're my younger brother. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So uh, Legacy International is down the road in um, in uh, Bedford, and he's been doing amazing work for 40 years. And we share a common love of coffee, um, <clears throat> good coffee. So Lynn, this has been so inspirational and so informative. Um, I want to do one more little um, commercial moment, and uh, then I would like to throw it back to you for a closing thought that you might have. What do you wanna, what do you wanna challenge people with? What do you want them to do? You know, how do you wanna close this out as having people step up to their potential they didn't know they had before they heard you? Our, um, one, we have several sponsors that enable us to do the work of Center Vision Leadership Foundation, but our, we're gonna promote our own community today. It is not open every month. It is not open every day. It is only open occasionally, it's open Right now, if you're listening to this uh, today, watching on Facebook, it's uh, the 1st of December in 2020. Um, and we're part of a great historical event. <laughs> so um, we will be out of this one into normalcy or maybe new radical pretty soon. So we stay connected in the online community and we're pr promoting collaborations, networks of nonprofits where you are or business and nonprofit leader collaboration because it's good for business and it's sure helpful with a nonprofit. So check it out and check it out now before it closes up. It's open now until the 7th of December and it's nonprofitleadership.online, nonprofitleadership.online because it's really about leadership. So um, Lynn, thank you for the kind words you had earlier to say about the community you're in. And we've been, we've been very tasked with a small group of people who are doing amazing work and the connections like you just shared with AJ. And, you know, we had one of my Christian sisters here actually attended your synagogue service. Uh, it's your invitation sometimes. Mm -hmm. So there, there's, there's this, this great congeniality that happens when we're working together for the common good. So thank you for your inspiration. And you're always so helpful to connect me and other people. So, and, and to share some of your wisdom today, because you've got a lot more. What do you want to leave people with after giving us so many tidbits? What do you, what's your parting thought for people? Thank you. I want everyone to remember that you have greatness within you and that you do make a difference, whether it's a smile or a kind word or sharing your story with someone, we all make a difference. And the big part of this is that we get to choose what kind of difference we want to make. You can choose the outcome of your story. No matter what happens to you in your life, you can choose to make something positive from it 
and share your positivity with others. So I want you to remember that you make a difference and that I believe in you. And go forward with your dreams because you never know whose life you're going to touch. Lynn Sanders, um, Story Guide. Thank you for sharing your wisdom on the nonprofit exchange. Thank you. It was great being here. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>